Welcome to Unity of Tucson. Outside of what I had prepared to talk about today, of course, as I sang this, there's a lyric that reminded me of a spiritual practice that I appreciate and try to engage in as much as I can. The lyric is, be content in your question. Be content in your question. What does that mean? For me, the fullness and expression of spirituality in my life many times means living within the context of the question, allowing myself to step back from what I think I know and to allow that intuitive magnificent, infinite knowing presence to let itself work through me, which is what we should all be doing, I believe, to be content in the question, to live within the context of the question, to let the question just ruminate and see what comes forth without trying to jump to what we think the answer should be. So in what way will you live in the question today? I have a lot of questions that come up for me. Perhaps the most predominant question right now is, when will this experience that we are experiencing change to feel better? And it's really hard to be content in that question when it seems like there is no answer. Well, I actually have an answer for you. I have an answer for you. (gasps) But you may not like the answer. (laughs) The answer that I have come to is that this experience will be complete. This experience will end. This experience will dissipate and become some new experience when we collectively decide that that is what is required. Now, we may intellectually know that that is what we want. But our work is to deepen into the practice to allow that life force energy to flow forth in such a way that whatever seems contrary to it, and there's a lot that seems contrary to it, whatever seems contrary to it dissipates. See, I said you probably aren't going to like the answer. Because here's what I'm saying is that it's up to us. We cannot put it out on anyone else to I'm going to put this in quotes, to fix our problems because we could perceive this as a problem, right? It is up to no one else to fix our problems. Even as a collective, it is up to each and every one of us to step forth in our identity, in our uniqueness and say, I know who I am. And as I express this more and more and more, everything in my world shifts. Now, I talked on... Friday, I think it was Friday, I talked about relationship to circumstances. I talked about that on my mental, uh, my mindful moment. And I said, you know, we're never trying to actually manipulate or change or coerce the circumstances of our life. What our job is to do is to change our relationship to the circumstances consciously. And what happens is when we change our conscious relationship to the circumstances, the circumstances must follow suit. They must change. And so, in what way are we 
changing the relationship we have to the circumstances we are experiencing. Are you willing to step up into being that change? Because here's what I see a lot of, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that I don't engage in this practice too, because it can be hard, because here's what happens. We are met with all of these messages from all over. I don't know why I'm like, we're met from all, with all of these messages from all over about how dire it is and about how upsetting it can be and about how bad the world is right now and about how we really need to make change. And we're looking to people out there. We're looking to politicians. We are looking to spiritual leaders. We are looking to people out there to change the world for us. But our responsibility is to change the world ourselves to first change our relationship, to not allow those messages that say the world is less than to, I'm going to say it, infect our consciousness because as it does so, whether at the level of awareness or below the level of awareness, we proliferate that which is the habitual thinking in our mind. So our work is to change our own minds. And as we do this collectively, as we do this collectively, the circumstances of the world will change. That's the whole teaching right there. That's the whole philosophy. Martha Graham, the choreographer, the dancer, she, there's this quote that has, that has resonated with me. It has stuck with me for so long. She wrote this. She wrote, there is a vitality, a life force, an energy, a quickening that is translated through you into action. And because there is only one of you in all time, this expression is unique. And if you block it, it will never exist through any other medium and it will be lost. Talk about a call to each of us to express fully the truth of our being. And what is that truth? The truth of our being is that we are divine. We are that infinite creative source energy showing up as ourselves uniquely, magnificently. And our work is to sometimes live within the question and allow that energy to flow forth. I had a roommate when I was studying to be a minister. And my roommate at the time, he was studying to be a practitioner in religious science, which is not unlike a licensed unity teacher. They're kind of the synonymous things within the two organizations of religious science and unity. So he was studying to be a practitioner of religious science when I was studying to be a minister. And we used to have this sarcastic response to people who might say, wow, you claim that you are God. And our response would be, would, would, would be, would be a in this sarcastic tone. We would say, well, who, are, who am I to think that I'm anything else? Who am I to think I'm anything else? Do I think I am somehow separate from that infinite powerful resource that is the core of all creation? Because if I think I'm separate from it, then that separation creates a construct of challenge in my life. So who am I to think I'm somehow separate from it? Because we may think that in being separate from it, we are somehow in charge of our lives in a way that is greater than. I always say that knowing who I am, remembering who I am, and understanding it about every single other aspect of creation 
is the great equalizer. There is great equity in knowing that I am that which is, and so are you. So are you. Each and every one of us is that magnificent divine presence. The life force that is longing to be expressed is inherent in each and every one of us. But you know what? We can get in our own way. We can get in our own way of that fullness of expression. There are a couple ways that I think we can get in our own way. The first one is believing that we are less than. And that's one of the things that can happen if we think we are separate from this infinite divine power. We can believe that we are less than, and that's where we need to step into the work of self-worth, the work of self-esteem, to deepen into that knowledge, as Emerson wrote about, of self-reliance. Self-reliance comes from that understanding that there is absolutely no separation. The other way that we get in our way is believing that others have dominion over our lives and listening to them. Here's the thing. Everyone has an opinion. Everyone has an opinion. I have opinions. You have opinions. We all have opinions about the way we think things should be. Those opinions are pretty much always born out of past paradigms and old ideas that we hold onto, we grasp onto. And it's not that that's the worst thing in the world. We grasp onto them because they, they allow us to feel a level of comfort and security. But sometimes we need to let go of those opinions to live in the question. Both of these ways we get into our way, believing that we are less than and believing that others have dominion over us in some fashion, are ways that we forget who we are. You know, I said the tenets of my ministry are love only, forgive everything, and remember who you are. In many ways, that's the most important one. Because when we remember who we are, we live paradigms of love and forgiveness automatically. We don't have to work at it. It naturally flows forth. It is up to us, each and every one of us, to address these things in our own mind. And I want to remind you, no one else is wrong in their opinion. Opinions cannot be wrong, but they are just opinions. So the work of addressing people's opinions when they are thrust at you, which happens sometimes, is to not take it personally. They're living their own dream of life. You know, it's one of the four agreements. Don't take anything personally. It is reflective of them, those opinions. It is not reflective of the truth of who you are. And the opinions of others are absolutely valid. They're absolutely valid, but they are valid only for them, unless you decide for them to be valid for you. And then you're taking on those opinions of others. Our opinions, our opinions are valid, but they are only valid to us. How we receive the information is on us. That's the power that we have because every thought is rooted in a belief and that creates our life. So we get to decide the manner in which we take the opinion and act on it or not act on it. Now, while we are considering this concept of taking things personally, it is important that we not take personally when others reject our opinions of how they should be. Think about that. 
do you have a willingness to not take personally when other people reject your opinion of how you think they should be? All of this, this work, it's work to, it's, it's the work of looking at our ego. And I have different ways of constructing my concept of the ego. There's a lesser sense of ego, which is edging God out. I think we've all heard that. Edging God out as an acronym for ego. So there's a lesser sense of ego. That's one way to look at it. But there's another understanding of ego that I think I'm going to accept for myself and something that I've worked on and worked on and worked on. And this is a great acronym for a grander sense of ego, and that is entertaining God only. There is a power. There is a power in accepting the knowing of who we are spiritually. The power of life is knowing who we are and entertaining only that. Are you willing to entertain only that? There is only one of you in all time. This expression is unique, and if you block it, it will never exist through any other medium, and it will be lost. Martha Graham was so brilliant. So, Although I love that song, and it's a song that has stuck with me, Drop in the Sea, I have a minor disagreement with one of the lyrics in that song, and it's actually the title of the song. (laughs) It spends a lot of time talking about, in many ways, how we are less than, that we are only a drop in the sea. Doesn't that feel diminishing? None of us, not a single one of us, is only a drop in the sea. As Rumi wrote, we are the entire ocean in a drop. Because all that God is, all that spiritual source is, all that is, is who we are. The infinite nature of God is wholly us. We are whole and complete. Who are we to think we are somehow separate from it? Not only are we infinite source, infinite spirit, God, we are necessary to life's expression. We are necessary to expression. You matter. I matter. We all matter. Without us, the expression of life would be incomplete. Without you, without you, without you, the expression of life would be incomplete. Just like in a tapestry. Every thread is necessary to be a cohesive whole. Without every thread, there is no cohesion, and the tapestry itself is incomplete and could unravel. So know that you are an integral part of the infinite wholeness, and without you, it would all unravel. So the question then becomes, do you know this about yourself? Do you accept this for yourself? Do you know and do you live from the premise that you are a necessary thread to the infinite tapestry of life? And in knowing that, as you engage that conscious awareness, which is part of what spiritual practice is here to do, as you engage that spiritual practice, what we must also come to understand that if we are necessary and we are all necessary threads to the infinite tapestry of life, everyone else is necessary as well. 
Because there is one thing in the universe that can hold you back from the fullness of expression, and that is your mind. It's a great gift that we have to be able to make choices and to live our self-determined expression of life. And it's also the challenge because it's the thing, the very thing that can hold us back from the full expression of life. Do you understand the power of who you are? And do you recognize and know that that is the same power that everyone else is and everyone is on an equal footing in that understanding. If you hear yourself say, but, in any fashion, because there are people I might be able to look at in my life and go, yeah, but. Here's the thing. That but is related to behavior, not the truth. And the behavior is a result of the use of consciousness. So our job is to not stand in judgment about other people, but to know the truth about ourselves to such a degree that that behavior does not trigger us in an adverse way. Utilizing that but also, that sounds weird. (laughs) It's, It's usually also an argument for our own personal limitations. When we keep focused on the limitations for ourselves, what do you think we experience? We experience limitations that show up as the construct of our life. As aspects of this infinite tapestry, I believe that our responsibility to the full expression of life becomes this. Don't hold back. Dare to be audacious. Dare to be the most magnificent you that you can be. Because when we hold back, what I believe happens is we are allowing ourselves to be a weakened thread within the magnificent tapestry. And when we decide that we are somehow less than or weakened, there is a potential for the unraveling of the entire tapestry. So are you ready to step into that? Are you ready to not hold back in the full expression of your life in any manner any longer? And some of you may be saying, oh, but I don't hold back in the expression of my life at all, ever. No, not me. But you know what? Find the ways in which you do, because I can still look at the expression and construct of my life and see the ways in which I hold back, and I am refusing to do so any longer. And so I'm going to invite you to step out into that most magnificent expression of the you that you are. And the you that you are is God. So are you ready to to step into that? Are you ready to accept your worth, to understand your value? Are you ready to live in this question? Who am I to not think that I am God? Ask yourself that question. Who am I to not think that I am God? You are the magnificent point of power. 
an individual thread of greatness, and your integrity is tied to the belief in your greatness. It is not tied to the beliefs or opinions held by anyone else. Who do you think you are? The answer to that question becomes the expression of your life. Holding thoughts of lack creates a lack experience. Maintaining thoughts of anger keeps the experiences in your life which will advance that anger. Thoughts of abundance, however, will advance abundance in your life. Thoughts of loving kindness advance the same in your life. These thoughts are born of belief. Change the fundamental belief and you change your experience. So let's move forward and let's do so without judgment or condemnation of others, of ourselves. No one needs to fit our idea of good. Be the thread in the tapestry of life that accepts its power, its magnificence, its necessity in the cohesive expression of all life. You, yes, you are necessary to keep life from unraveling. So let's step forth with that at the core of our being here today and evermore. Namaste. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz. And I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.